Welcome to Christian Curious with Dr. Haley Gray Scott. On this show, we address the challenges faced in today's church and culture in a postmodern, post-Christian era. Dr. Haley believes that in addressing those issues, the church must have a missional mindset. Christianity does have the answers of today's culture. Let's join Dr. Haley for today's conversation. Well, over the last week, Americans and people around the world have watched the stunning developments in Afghanistan as American troops have been pulled out of the region. We've seen uh, devastating images uh, of people uh, rushing to the airport to get on planes. We have seen people falling out of planes and a desperate attempt to get away from um, the, the new regime of the Taliban. And part of the intrigue of this and part of the, the um, devastating developments is some of the untold stories that, that we don't really actually hear on the national level, you know, especially what may be happening with uh, Christians in Afghanistan. And today I'm uh, so honored to have with us someone that is actually doing um, ministry in the region that is ministering to Christians who are in Afghanistan right now and are unable to to leave the area. Uh, Dr. Rex Rogers is an author, speaker, and president of Sat7 North America. The American Arm for Sat7, a satellite television ministry broadcasting Christian programming on five channels in three languages: Arabic, Farsi, and Turkish, reaching across seven time zones and into 24 countries in the Middle East and North Africa, as well as 50 countries in Europe. Rex, welcome to Christian Curious. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Um, One of the things that is uh, really hard to track is primary source information, getting information from on the ground in Afghanistan. It's, It's almost an impossible feat. And I would love to know, it's, you know, it's always been difficult, but what do you know about the current realities Christians in Afghanistan are now facing? Well, we're getting mixed reports. Uh, our primary sources, as you call them, would be uh, not only the fact that we hear directly from Afghans uh, on social media and otherwise, but also we have staff, some of whom grew up in Afghanistan and have contacts there. And then, of course, some of our hosts, uh, same thing. They grew up there, they speak Dari, and they have direct contact. So they have more firsthand reports than, say, someone like myself. But barring from what they're saying, it's, it's rather mixed. We know the, the Taliban's history. We know their worldview. We know that they have killed uh, or otherwise violently harassed Christians and other people, too, minorities of various kinds and women and girls in the past. We know that's beginning to happen, how extensive it is, whether or not they're indeed going door-to-door at this point. We're not sure, but we know that a couple of pastors have already received letters from the Taliban that basically says, we know you know, who you are and what you are and what you're doing. Uh, it's kind of a shot across the bow, if I can say it that way. Yeah. Um, it's a very dicey, difficult, scary situation. So it's indeterminate right now exactly, you know, is the Taliban going to change tactics? Are they going to actually implement uh, changes in leadership style than they have in the past? Is that part of the question that's in the air? 
I would think so. And, and even if you listen to our own leadership, um, I don't want to get political, but if you listen to our own leadership, you know, those are the kind of questions that they're wrestling with. They don't know for sure. Uh, they think they have a line on it. They are talking to certain people, but whether those people will have authority once uh, American forces and our allies actually leave is, is a question no one can answer with any certainty. And whether or not the Taliban will, in a sense, switch gears, uh, go back to the old ways, uh, as soon as, again, there's any threat to them that's removed within the country, we're not sure. But right now, of course, those people and those of us in ministry and NGOs, too, are trying to do everything we can not only to encourage people, but to get information to those in country who are trying to get out, who need to get out. That That's part of my question, is the system for evacuations. I know there's been a lot of efforts to get people out who want to get out, but I guess what is the difficulty of that or for Christians or anybody really who's trying to leave? Are the Taliban trying to keep them there? Like, I don't... And I've actually heard report. Oh, go ahead, Rex. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, Well, the Taliban has set up checkpoints everywhere it can, all the way up to the Kabul airport. And so they're controlling the roads. Okay. That's number one. Number two, they are certainly, that old phrase, checking your papers. You know, uh, if you have an American passport, you have another Western passport, if you have documents on you that are in English, which suggests that you probably can speak English or read English. What does that mean? Probably you have some relationship with Westerners, or maybe you've been there for an aid to uh, a Western source in the last 20 years. That puts those people at risk. But it's not just that. I mean, we we know of reports of Taliban showing up. uh, We know reports of, of pastors, others burying their books. And basically wow. saying, look, it's not this book or that book, or not even the Bible per se. It may be any given book that any given person, soldier at the door, doesn't like because he chooses to at that given point in time, and then, you know, therefore you're at risk and you can be disappeared, as they say. Yeah. Uh, or otherwise mistreated right then and there. One of the gravest concerns, of course, right now is for women and girls uh, of all ages. Uh, especially unmarried, but that being married doesn't necessarily protect them. And uh, where, you know, things are already happening there. But there are so many people in country. This is a big country. Uh, lots of Americans, lots of other Westerners, lots of people who supported us, lots of Afghans who in some way or another, whether believers or not, uh, believe that they're at risk or are at risk and trying to get out. And how do they get to the Kabul airport? And even when they get there, even when they get there, you've seen this on TV. There's, you know, there's a thousand people crowded up against the gates or more, and the NGOs are are telling people, look, you've got to literally, physically push your way through to get up close enough to be in line of sight to to hear and to to engage with someone and to, to possibly get inside that gate because there's no security perimeter outside of the airport itself. Right. You know, and I've heard reports through my networks that some um, nonprofit organizations, you know, some ministries, uh, the people operating and the people that have been there for a while ministering in Afghanistan have elected to stay. 
and they're not going to leave. They're going to stay there to minister and continue ministering even in these enormous, even in the midst of these enormous devastating changes. Have you heard anything like that? Absolutely, and I'm glad you brought it up because it gives us a chance to make this point and to switch gears a little bit in a sense, too, of the tone of our commentary. It's not, these are desperate. Uh, There's desperate people doing desperate things, and there's a sense in which you and I, if we were there and we were desperate, our families are hungry, uh, they're uh, under some kind of security duress, who knows what we are capable of doing to protect our own family. Uh, that means crime and a lot of other things. But that aside, there are also people there, as you just said, who who are committed, who are trusting God in the midst of this, and the Church is there, and God always has His remnant. He always is doing things that we don't quite completely understand and, and embrace, and even if we understood more of it, we would maybe get the full picture. So the Lord has His purposes, and uh, if we can reach out and compare, for example, in 1979 when uh, Ayatollah Khomeini came into Iran, uh, the Shah of Iran left, and many other Americans and Westerners left that country, uh, all of a sudden becomes an Islamic uh, regime. There was a great deal of fear. What's interesting now, fast forward to here we are now. Now, again, none of us would pray for what's happening, pray in the sense of God send us what's happening in Afghanistan. We don't want that to happen. But the fact that it is happening, fast forward in Iran, and the, the Church, missiologists have been telling us this for five or ten years, capital C, the body of Christ, is growing faster. It's growing faster in Iran than any country in the world. Hmm. And we know that at Sat 7 because we broadcast in there every day, and we're hearing from those people in those secret churches, underground churches, as they're called, almost on a daily basis. We know it's happening. Well, what's God going to do in Afghanistan? Right. We Mm -hmm. don't know. We don't know. What's he going to do through those faithful people, the remnants, the ones that you, whether or not they survive? You know, we've all heard those sort of missionary stories that people didn't survive, and yet God used that circumstance of the martyrs, you know, years later. Mm -hmm. You know, I I don't know. And again, it's not like we stand up and clap or, praise God, we've got all this persecution and horrible thing happening and people suffering in Afghanistan, we also know that God isn't surprised. Right. He's still in charge. He's the sovereign, omnipotent, um, omnipresent uh, God of the universe, as well as our Heavenly Father at the same time. Um, he's there, and he's walking beside them, even in the valley of the shadow of death. So those things are happening, and, and obviously they're not standing up and reporting that on social media, even if they still have access to social media. For those of us who may know, some things, sometimes you, it's a little bit like our political military leaders can't tell us everything, not just because they're trying to be secretive, because it would be unwise to do so. Right. So that happened, too, with NGOs, um, secular NGOs, I might add, too, as well as Christian and religious, that are helping people. NGOs right now are doing some of the best work on the ground. What are some because of the things they're, they're doing? Well, they're they're in contact. Just like we're we're in contact with lots of people, but whether or not those individuals have any connection with government authority, whether ours or anybody else, they may or may not. Or if they do have contact with government and military authorities, there, there are certain uh, restraints on their. Um, rules of engagement, if I can use that phrase, that military phrase. 
There's certain things they do, certain things they can't do. The NGOs, and I don't mean they're breaking the law. I just mean they don't operate in the same context. So they are helping people find connections. It's almost like the European underground during World War II. Find connections, find ways to to get the appropriate credentials and, and papers, uh, find transportation, get past checkpoints or get through checkpoints, get to the airport, Kabul, and then if if at all possible, somehow to help them get through those those crowds. There are people on the ground, Afghans and others who are on the ground risking their lives, helping these people get to the airport and get out. That's yes. pretty amazing. That is and amazing. And that's what our military at this point, and as far as we can see, our, our allies' military, unless they're sending special forces, they're, they're not allowed to do that at this point. Now, that may change. But um, so NGOs are doing that. So yeah. I'd say to our, our leaders, uh, pray for those non NGOs, this national government organization, a nonprofit organization, pray for those humanitarian and, and religious and Christian organizations that are just doing some amazing work on the ground inside Afghanistan. Well, I would love to hear more about how SAT-7, uh, your organization, is ministering to Christians in Afghanistan. What are some of the things that you're doing right now to provide, um, you know, help to those in that area? Well, let me start with the basic and the bigger, broader picture. We're satellite television. We broadcast from literally satellites up way up in space. Those satellites cannot be, that feed cannot be censored. It can't, it can be jammed. It can be blocked for a little while, knocked off, but it comes right back on. You really can't stop it like you can stop Internet websites. And when I first found that out 12 years ago, it blew me away. It still kind of blows me away. And it means that if you have a TV and a, and a satellite dish anywhere in Afghanistan, you can get SAT-7. Yeah. Because we're broadcasting throughout the entire country, and we've been doing that now for some time. Hmm. Our programs into the country are largely Farsi, sometimes called Persian. That's the language of Iran. But most, I'm told, Dari speakers can understand much of, of Farsi language. That's one plus. But the other side is we are also broadcasting a few, and we're now we're going to add more, specifically Gari language programs, the language of, of Afghanistan. For example, we have one that's a regular program tomorrow morning called Secrets of Life. And it's, it's uh, hosted by a pastor and sometimes also his wife uh, here in the West. But he grew up in Afghanistan. He speaks fluent, you know, perfect Dari. And... So he is a live program, so they're interacting with their viewers. Uh, wow. And of course, tomorrow, uh, address all of this the best they can. They won't say, you know, rise up and shoot the Taliban. That's not their message. Their message is trust God. God is, has not forgotten you. The Western Church has not forgotten you. You know, the fellowship of believers, et cetera, to try and encourage it. And, of course, of course also sharing the gospel. Uh, so that's been mm-hmm. done. We've now put together a special program basically a prayer program, informational, but also prayer that will go out, uh, this being set up for this Monday, Monday, August 23, a one-hour program, again, hosted by uh, Dari and Farsi speakers, men and women, uh, who are uh, Christians, who are uh, theologically informed, and of course, informed about what's taking place on the ground. So they know how to speak 
to the audience in ways that me i i don't know how i'm you know i'm sitting in michigan i'm not mm-hmm. my expertise so they they do that so there's certain things they should not say again we're not we're not there to inflame or to call for violence or some such mm-hmm. um but they're there to do what they can to help and reinforce and encourage people well, and I give them information yeah i can't shake the notion of how valuable that christian messaging and encouragement must be just Knowing how like like scarcity just creates value, right? And right. how much Christian content we just have at our fingertips here that you just take it for granted. But th- just like if you think about how valuable it would be to feel known in your faith and encouraged in that way, well, like that's incredible. Might, a little story, I'll try to be brief, but you know the stories from World War II and the terrible uh, camps, uh, prisons, and so forth when people... The Nazis put people in prison and, and seemingly forgot about them or mistreated them. There are all kinds of stories of how how those men, mostly men, but some women, the lengths they went to to try to sometimes put together an actual little transistor radio, even if they could pick up two or three words, just two or three words from the outside. What a what? Back to your comment just now. What an unbelievable encouragement and sense of it restored their sense of humanity mm-hmm. that that I'm not a piece of meat. I'm not forgotten. There are others out there. It's not me, but they're there who have knowledge and they don't have these values of our of our the people who incarcerated us. Well, it's like that when when you broadcast in daily as long as our satellite dishes, you know they. The Taliban could go through and start destroying satellite dishes. That has happened from time to time in a couple of Arabic countries. It's happened from time to time in in Iran. But that's a very extensive and expensive operation, and even those kinds of dictatorships don't usually do that. But I tell you, we know from experience that once your satellite dish has been destroyed, they do what you and I do if we drop our phone in the mud. We go get a new one. Mm-hmm. They find a way to get another one even under duress and threat, because it's so, back to your point, your question again, it's so critically important to get information. It is so encouraging. Even if it's not specifically, here's you know, here's the Word of God, that too, obviously. But just information that's considered trustworthy from the outside world. Right, and, uh, and to know that that people out there in the world are rooting for them. You know, this is, you know, it seems like the, you know, and I'm not, like completely up to date on you know world governments but it seems to me that is like the the one difference between afghanistan and north korea you know north korea has absolutely tampered down on any kind of outside information but at least afghanistan we have the ability to to let people know that that they are honor thoughts on our hearts that we're thinking about them that and get them encouraging messages to to help them feel not so isolated and alone that's true and um the sex of them isn't invulnerable if somehow some authority somewhere or whatever happened somehow we got knocked off taken off the satellite that we're on which we pay for airtime and all that and we don't expect that to happen but if that happened and those you know, they're not owned by Afghanistan or anything. But if that happened, then, of course, we can't broadcast. But 
as long as we can broadcast, everything you just said is happening. By the way, just a little tangent on this. Uh, I happen to have a degree in political science, and way back in the day, uh, I'm one of those older guys, back <laughs> in the day uh, when we were in grad school, we talked about totalitarianism. Mm-hmm. And usually we were looking at China, totalitarianism. And that's sort of what the feel we get from North Korea. That's your comment a minute ago. They're, they're total control. Well, with communication devices as they are today, technology, it is almost impossible for totalitarianism, as we used to understand it back then, to exist. Because even some 15-year-old kid, if somehow he has or she has access to technology, they're so smart, they can do things that the government isn't doing. They find a way out. They find a way to get information. That's how sometimes we get these, these unbelievable videos out of what we would call closed countries like a North Korea hmm. uh, or even some of the countries of the Middle East and North Africa. And, and more importantly than that is a phrase I'd like to remind our listeners. You and I say closed country, and we know what that means. And it certainly means you and I can't go to that country as a missionary. It's a word almost not used anymore. And openly, you know, share Christ. And do. We know what that means. But there is no such thing as a closed country from the perspective of a sovereign God. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing. That is God great. Yes. He, he, blocked out. He hasn't left Afghanistan. Uh, just like there's really no such thing as a closed heart. God can, can reach every heart. So... Those are things I think our viewers should be encouraged about. Praise God for, thank God for, pray for peace, pray for protection of women and girls and minorities, pray for, and Christians being minorities, pray for um, that Afghanistan doesn't become a base of extremism going forward. Pray that we get the people out that ought to get out right now, mm-hmm. and that you know, American and other forces will be safe and protected and NGO staff. But God's in charge. Yeah. He's in charge, and there are, there are yet to be some amazing things come out of Afghanistan. Mm. And being just like, pray for the Taliban. They're just a bunch of sinners in need of grace. <laughs> you know, like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just And based on your prayer points, um, what is the most important thing, or just some of the most important things Christians in the West need to know about the plight of Afghan Christians at the moment? Well, I would I'd use a term that Scott Seven uses a lot in the Middle East. Again, it varies by country. The term isolated. And it gets a little bit back to a couple of comments that you all made earlier about seeing, being feeling alone or uh, feeling forgotten or whatever. Isolated. When you're you're a believer in places like that, you can't just flip on the TV and get your favorite preacher. Uh, even if it gets at seven, there's, there's maybe some safety and security concerns you have to consider. Um, you can't just, you know, go to church uh, anytime you feel like it openly. You can't, you may not even have another Christian friend, none. You may never have met another Christian, an actual Christian. You only come to Christ through hearing his word on the air or through a Bible. or, or So the isolation can be... It's something I don't know if you and I can even understand it. Right. But so for that, and, and that's what's going to increase for believers, for Christian leaders in particular, for those in the Afghan church, 
back to your point about question about praying, how can we pray? Pray for isolated believers um, in the church of, of in Afghanistan. Pray for those that God in his sovereignty leaves there, those that remain. Because that phrase about the light shines uh, uh, brightest, you know, in the, in the dark. The darker it gets, the brighter the light. Mm-hmm. Um, there's truth in that. There, there is truth in that. And then, of course, we know the way the truth and the light. So uh, what's God going to do? That's, that's the next yeah. step and exciting. Well, Rex, you know, we thank you so much for, for being with us today. And, you know, I know that, you know, as I, as a, as a Christian myself, as a concerned citizen myself, and through my studies of young adults, I know that one of the biggest problems that we have here in North America is that we, the 24 seven news media bears constant witness to the chaos in the world, but it doesn't really give us an avenue by which we can actually make a difference. And it often leads us to feeling to feelings of despair because it feels like we, we can't make a difference. And, you know, you've mentioned prayer a great deal, you know, in praying for people in Afghanistan, you know, not just Christians, but people in general that are suffering and that will suffer under the Taliban. But um, I'd love for listeners to to know how we can help facilitate the work of SAT-7. Yeah, um, they can find us. I mean, Google is just SAT-7, and then I'm associated with SAT-7 USA. You can find us online at sat7usa.org. You can find out more information. Of course, we're posting what we can. As soon as we get anything new, we're, we're posting it there. Uh, I mean, we're a nonprofit Christian ministry. Uh, you know, we depend on the resources of our supporters. So uh, financial gifts and help is always uh, helpful. That's the kind of thing that God may lead. But I think most importantly right now, it really is prayer. It's, it's the Western Church, American Church. we got our own problems, don't we? You right, know, we do. We won't those, but they all get back to spiritual issues. We we think they're political, but they're spiritual issues. And yeah. so, as a church, we we need to step up there, and uh, you know, the judgment begins at the house of God. So, how can we pray for unity in in the American church, American Christian church, and then how can we in turn uh, use the resources of all kinds that God has so blessed us with? Uh, to help brothers and sisters in Christ in, in Afghanistan, or, or I mean, we have any you know, Haiti is not our topic today, but people are suffering and struggling in Haiti for different reasons. Right. Uh, well, more human being in need of support. Rex, thanks. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us again today. Thank you. I appreciate the invitation. You've been listening to Christian Curious with Dr. Haley Gray Scott and Hannah Greaser. Reach out anytime through our website, www.christiancurious.co. And if you missed any part of the broadcast, you can find us anywhere you download your podcast. Stay curious. Thank you for listening to Christian Curious. You can contact Dr. Haley at Haley, H-A-L-E-E, at christiancurious.co. That's H-A-L-E-E at ChristianCurious.co. Catch all the episodes on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also learn more at www.ChristianCurious.co.